Today I had the most wonderful of days, wonderful of days. I want to share this with you. Tell you what I did and how I learned and how I have every, every day there's a, there's, there's. Learn, I learned something new. I learned something new. And I'll tell you what happened today. I was enjoying so thoroughly this story about Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman, as you know, is the Congress person who apparently, ostensibly, obviously, pulled a fire alarm to stop, in essence, the progress of what was going on, a vote or what have you. It's very important to note this. Does this sound familiar to you? Oh, it should. Oh, it should, pray tell. It should sound very, 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 very uh, familiar to you. The idea of of stopping, stopping this, this wonderful event. What does that sound like? It sounds very much it sounds like what happened during January 6th. It sounds as though it is a version of some form of an interference with a public uh, 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 law, some legal process. It was an interference with the procedure, the process, the ongoing you got it? Does this sound familiar to you? Does this sound familiar to you? This is what this is what the basis of of the January 6th, those individuals who were in, involved in their various events that they were interfering with. They deliberately did something. It wasn't that, that they were just, you know, raising hell and trespassing. No, they were obstructionists. But if you read the seditious conspiracy statute, and that really wouldn't apply to him necessarily because it was only one, and I'll explain maybe one particular way to get around that theory, but but it's it's the you're interfering with the process, the application, a law. This is insurrection. Now, he's got to be conspiring with, one could argue that maybe if there's any proof that he did this with other people, that he ad- advised other people, or one could look at this kind of a post hoc rationalization that occurred afterwards where he explained in this most pathetic of ways, is absolutely this, this, the height of mendacity where he said, I, I was confused. This was a door. I thought by the door was locked. I thought by pulling the door, by pulling this button, which said alarm, I thought I was under the belief that that, that that would involve necessarily the opening of the door. I mean, this is, okay, stop right there. Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing. We can talk about this all day long. I did a a uh, a, a rendition of my thoughts on this, basically holding my nose because it is BS. I spent some wonderful time today tooling about, and I went and bought some different things, 
And I have in my, I, I, I have these, you know, kind of audacity. You listen to books and things like that. And I want to bring you to attention. This is a 2005 book called On. It's bull uh, uh, BS. It's on bull BS. And by a by a, uh, a Princeton philosophy professor, I believe, Harry G. Frankfurt. And and it was so wonderful. Today, like I said, it was just a beautiful day of just listening to wonderful theories and just just enjoying this. Um, I heard. Uh, and read one of the best articles ever by Roger Kimball, who is my, I think, my absolute favorite in terms of uh, uh, political commentators. He he is just he is he is without without peer. He writes for the New Criterion, and in in fact, I I did a piece on my private channel where I was breaking this down, and he takes exactly what I thought regarding Bobby Kennedy and how he is going to chip away from the Democrats. Okay, so put all of this together. And 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 my my brain, my mind was it was such clarity today. I see it. I see what's happening. Then, interestingly enough, I had a a wonderful piece, uh, a wonderful uh lecture by Mr. Kimball regarding Lejek Kolakowski. And this was one of the best pieces ever. And, and I and I commend it to you, especially for those people who are wondering what, what, what is this Marxism they're talking about? What is this Marxism? We keep using the word Marxist. Well, this was an avowed communist, Polish, thrown out of the party. What does this mean? What does all of this mean? So I'm I'm giving you kind of like a hodgepodge, but you can handle it because all of these things are very, very important. We're going to be talking about this tonight. We're going to be talking about a lot of things and what you need to know and and what each of these means. We're not going to break it down to the usual kind of jokes and laughing. We're going to talk about what this means. And that's one of the most important things ever to tell you what something means. But before we begin, my friend, I want to say, please uh, like this video. Please subscribe to the channel. You know how important all of this is. It's so, 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 so critical. And I want to talk to you about our, my, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the, 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 I guess the movement, the home food preparedness movement, which is kind of like a no brainer and the reaction and the emails I'm getting from people thanking me who proudly take pictures. And please, when you buy, when you purchase your preparewithlionel.com, especially the new 25% savings off of a three-month emergency food kit, show me where you have show, uh, stored this modularly perfect. In fact, show me your other uh, Prepare With Lionel uh, storage units as well, because this is something which is, which is again, it, it goes to show you how many people think this is some kind of a weird extravagance or that it's some kind of a, of a, of a conspiracy theorist, your, your food. I, I don't know because only you would know this because you read the news with what China is doing. People are buying in terms of, of farmland and grain. Something could go wrong among others. I don't have to go through the litany of possibilities. Preparewithlionel.com, 25-year shelf life, 21 varieties, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. It's the most important thing in the world to do. Please 
Go to preparewithlionel.com. When you purchase this, send me a photo. I, I won't publish it, but, I, but just show me. And tell me. People are saying thank you. Because it's like, there's this, there it is in your garage. And that's, by the way, that's, that's a start. But it's something. It's something you know you have. Preparewithlionel.com. Preparewithlionel.com. Save 25% off a three-month emergency food kit order. Preparewithlionel.com. Do it now. Ring in October wisely. And don't forget to send me a picture so we and I, you, you and I can chat about your glory. Okay. Let's go back to this. Now, we could talk, obviously, about this lunacy. And we can make fun of him Kind of interesting story. This is the man who says, I had no idea how to, how these alarms work. Do you know what he did before? He was a teacher, kind of a principal. Did you know that? Principals kind of know this stuff about you know, doors and locking. Interesting thing. I, I did a little background on Mr. Mr. Bowman and uh, uh, just, just reading his, his, uh, his, uh, of course, that renowned a bastion of truth, Wikipedia. Uh, he um, he was interestingly enough. He was he's a former principal of the Cornerstone Academy for Social Action, a public middle school in East Chester in the Bronx, and he's a member of the Lower Hudson Valley chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Interesting. And he defeated a sixteen-term incumbent Elliot Engel, and he's a member of the Squad, a faction of Progressive House. This is the squad. And there was a group of eight Democratic uh, members, interestingly enough, called the squad. The name of the squad was... uh, uh, Anyway, so he is what he is. Okay, fine. Now, the story is going back to Frankfurt. BS. Complete and total BS. And your own, your favorite, your girlfriend, AOC, suggested that she was... uh, She said... Pull another one or something. She basically is 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 acceding and standing up in favor of this man. Now we're we're not going to belabor the point because, as you know, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen, dear friends. Nothing's going to happen. I'm sorry to say this. I'm going to break it to you, but nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, if it was a, a Republican, uh, you would have he would have been charged. He would be already. He would be. Um, as we speak, he would be having, uh, you know, body cavity searches. As we speak, he would be hosed down. It would be like in a he would be in a gulag. It would be it would, it would be the most horrific uh, of uh, of horrors. And Mister uh, Mister Bowman thinks he's to use Kimball's reference, uh, citing Saul Bellow. He thinks he is as smooth as a suppository. Well, in fact, he's not, and we know it. And we're used to it, and that sort of thing. But but this is what we're up against. This is this is it. And the irony of this, the irony, and 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 what is going to happen? And what you should take to the bank, so to speak, is that nothing will happen from this. It it will it, it will be in effect unaffected. Nothing will happen at all. Nothing will. Nobody will care about this. And dear friends, we lose. Again, by virtue of the fact that our side has no guts, no C.O. Jones, no backbone. Uh, the Republicans, I guess they represent 
that's kind of our side, even though we're not Republicans per se, but they are impuissant. They are atesticular. They are without any form of... Uh, they are without any form or any degree of honor, guts. There's no, they, they don't have anything. If you listen to this mealy mouth Kevin McCarthy... And and I'm sad to say, Marjorie Taylor Greene and to an extent Matt Gates, there's a there's a, a lot of what he's saying that's absolutely true. I don't know if it's the best way to do it. So let's just talk about that and realize and recognize the fact that this is over, dear friends. This is over. Um, Mr. Uh, Jamal Bowman will be considered, he's an insurrectionist, call it what it is. He will be lauded by his fellow democratic socialists in the line. They're high-fiving him in the cloakroom wherever they hang out. You know it, and I know it. And for him to lie with this specious explication shows an utter contempt for you. An utter, palpable, tangible contempt for you. He hates you. You're not worthy of the truth. He's laughing at you. How dare you? You're, you're, you're nothing. Okay. Now, my friends, that's it. Let me say this again. Nothing will happen will happen. Mr. Bowman will not be censured. There'll be some titular theoretical reference. This lying, he might even use a speech and debate clause. He might maybe construe the fact that pulling that was a form of speech. I don't know. But nothing will happen. Let me say this again. The Republicans don't ever do anything. Nothing will happen. Let me say that again. Nothing uh, will happen. Do you understand what that means? Do you, do you get that? They don't fear us, them, anyone. No one cares. We mean nothing. We have had, we have, we, I'm going to throw myself into this mix. We have done nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have done nothing. We stand for, I don't know what we stand for. A lot of symbolism, flags and God and Bibles and babies and fetuses and guns and, uh, Lee Greenwood and things, I guess, but we don't do anything. We have no guts. We have no guts. Isn't that something? Doesn't that just, doesn't that just, it just blows my mind. We have no guts. It's incredible. And no matter how we look at it, no matter what, what we do, we can't seem, for reasons I don't know, we can't seem to get around the fact that nobody takes us seriously. So, enough with that. Now, moving on to this next piece, and I and I want, by the way, we have a very, very, very nice uh, uh, newsletter coming out tomorrow. I trust, I hope, I beseech, I pray, I ask, I say, prithee, prithee, uh, sign up for this new, it is a barn burn, it's going to be great. It's a, it's a hoot with a lot of references. And uh, it is, let me see where it is. There we go. 
For those of you, you trenchant latitudinarians, there we go. This is my thing, and this is it. Uh, subscribe to it. Subscribe to it right now, dear friends. Subscribe to it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Will Pulitard. <laughs> Will Pulitard. Think of Bowman's childish act is a microcosm of the obstructionism Trump's enemies committed during his presidency. Yes, nothing will happen. All the more reason to be black-pilled regarding Anent Nietzsche. Mr. Pulitard, I say to you, you are so spot on, it's not even funny. Please do not be black-pilled. Please do not become complacent. Please do not find yourself um, um, conditioned do not think something. Please, please, I beg, I beseech, I entreat, I importune you, sir. Please, please, Will. Where there's a will, there's a lawyer. Please don't. I'm not giving up yet. I'm not giving up yet. I want to read this one particular piece. This is very interesting about this. And by the way, this is, again, from uh, this brilliant, I, I spoke about this at length. This is from Mr. Uh, Kimball. You know what? I just want you to, let me just read this one line from it. Uh, isn't it possible? This is from American Greatness. Let me give you the citation for this right away. So you can, please, he is, I am, I want to interview him so badly uh, that uh, I have asked. And of course, people I don't think will want to come on my show because I'm dangerous. As you know, I'm dangerous. I have a terrible reputation as being dangerous. Anyway, here it is right now. Let me read this so on particular point. Uh, isn't it possible that the Democrats keep inventing things to indict him, President Trump, for? Not because they think he is the most beatable candidate, but because they are terrified by his political potency and fear that, were he nominated, he might well win. That's what I thought even before I heard that RFK Jr. was thinking about running as an independent. If that happens, if that happens, I suspect that Trump will not only win, if that happens, he writes, I suspect that not only Trump will win, but will do so while dealing a crushing defeat to Joe Biden or whatever puppet the committee decides to put in his place. Absolutely positively. You do know there's good things. Mr. Politard, you understand there are good, there are good things happening. You you do you do recognize the fact there are good things happening. You do understand that. This is one of the most exciting times ever. I want you to understand this. I want you to listen to me carefully. This is some this is this is so what it's happening right now. Don't know where know where to look. First time I went to a hockey game. Went to a live hockey game. This was years ago. I, I don't know where the hell I, I couldn't find it. Where is it? Over here, and my friend says, "You got, you got nowhere to look for it. It's over there." I said, "Oh, okay. I can do it with football. I can see, okay, offensive line. But you have to know what's going on because right now you're overwhelmed by this. You're overwhelmed. What is happening? Where does this go? What happened incrementally? Ah, these stories are interesting to an extent because they're funny. But look what's happening. Look what's happening. Something is very out. I guess very good news from." Uh, some people, I'm not going to mention their names, who are very, very uh, 
shall we say, in the know. Good news is that our friend, Mr. Wait a minute, stop right there. Stop. As we say, which which is a terrible, terrible uh, version of this dialect. I have not seen or heard from this man since pre, since the dawn of the Rona. We were there with you, sir, during the course of this. We were in the midst. We shared this. We learned first of what you were doing uh, in your uh, your your duties as an academician in Roma. That would be Rome. For those of you who don't speak Italian like I do, Roma is a way the Italians call Rome. See, they call Roma. Roma also is a way of talking to the Zingaro, Zingari, or the Gypsies. In any event, we talked to this man. His name is Eric Thaddeus Walters, ETW. And he writes, look for the fireworks over the next month. Anti-Pope Bergoglio's synod on synodality. I'm, I'm, let me make sure. Sign it or sign I'm, I'm going to get this straight. I, 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 in fact, I'm, I'm acting rather orotund. Uh, but I'm going to make sure I get to always do this. Uh, uh, yes, synod, 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 synod. Always, always. I. Do you see what I just did right now? I always check pronunciation. Always. Even though I think I know it, I just want to make sure. Um, uh, look for fireworks over next month. Anti-Pope Bergoglio. This is the Pope Frank. Anti-Pope Bergoglio's synod on synodality begins on Wednesday. I'll provide updates. I've never abandoned you, Orleans Warriors. Time zone differences and other issues complicate things. First of all, grazie mille. Welcome back. Dear friend, we we went through so much as as the Rona, as it was, as it was happening. Right around Rome and 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 interestingly enough, um around um was it Milan? I think it's Milan. There is a rule, and Eric, please correct me if I'm wrong. Incorrect, uh, but there is a rule that says, in, in in order to say "made in in Italy," Italy, you have to have it actually made in Italy. However, you can import anybody you want, and they had slews, passels, torrents, volumes of Chinese workers, able workers, who were. F- pouring into Italy in order to do the leather work and the this work and that in order to maintain this made in Italy label has to be made. And that's where it came from because that's where it came. The Wu flu, as some used to joke, came from there. And that's where we, and we watched through you. We were watching through you. As it started, it's like hearing of the tsunami first. And it just it just brought me back just for a moment because as this happened, those were incredible times. Incredible. Let me remind you, friends, let me also tell you something. And I want you to remember this because it's all about perspective. I told you my friend, my physician friend, was at a hospital here, I think in the Bronx, and during during the Rona, there was a code 
they would give out when somebody expired. And it wasn't something that alerted. It was something seemingly innocuous. But the code, he said he could not believe how many people were dying. And he's not lying. He says, I'm telling you, it was like, holy. Now, granted, you could say, well, they had comorbidities. Why they were fat. Why they were this. They had asthma. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were compromised. Still, do not ever put yourself in the position, my friends. Do not put yourself in the position where you, this is one of those little pens for an iPad. I like this. Do not put yourself in the position where you say, oh, it was nothing. No, it was something. Not all of it was something. Not everything that was said that was something. Not everything that Fauci did was something. But don't ever think that this was just some grand, you know, kabuki theater thing. Granted, oh, I just want to say this. It's all perspective, my friends. It's all perspective. Okay. Anyway, Eric, it's so good to see you. Please drop me a line. Let us chat. Now, I don't know where I was. I have no idea. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. So, so here we are, and I'm and I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm and I'm walking around, and I'm trying to figure this out. I, I got to tell you this story. So anyway, I'm listening to Kimball. I'm listening to these wonderful lectures on, and please, uh, Hillsdale College. God bless Hillsdale College. God bless the wonderful sanity of Hillsdale College. And he was talking about uh, this one um, uh, Polish intellectual about Marxism. So I'm thinking about this. Here we got this guy Bowman. He is a, he's a democratic socialist. What would Mr. Bowman think about the, the, um, the removal, the elimination of private property? What would he think? Would he like that? I don't think so. Would, would he want a planned economy? Would, would he want... Basically, the government owning no private property. I mean, does he really want to go into the, the real notion of Marxism? Not this totalitarian, not you can't say this. That's a part of it. Again, part of the wash. Now, listen to this. Today, I'm right around Columbus Circle. And there's a Whole Foods there. So I went to pick up some stuff. And... As I came out, there's Columbus Circle where, you know, Joe Colombo was shot in the 1971 or whatever. It's Central Park. It was the most beautiful day. I mean, people were out. It was, it was something. 75 degrees. Gorgeous. Absolutely. People were happy. I felt the energy. When New York is really humming and buzzing, and I'm sure if you live in a big city, there's a, you get a, you get an energy. And it's great, and it's you. You feel it. I need that. Um, sparse surroundings. I I like to be high <laughs> in terms of building. I like to see. I like to see lights. I like I like up. I like perch. I like city. I I like it. I do the best. We some people don't. I like I like crowds. I like activity. I like movement. I like coming and going and moving and, and anyway. So as I'm walking out, there's a group of people and they had signs that say, abolish NATO. And I was just talking to a friend of mine about this. I said, wait a minute, this is perfect. I said, because NATO, NATO has absolutely no relevance in my life whatsoever. NATO is a complete and total waste of time. NATO is a complete and total waste of time. What does NATO have to do for me? I say nothing. 
nothing. It's ridiculous. It's anachronistic. It's a. Uh, it's it's antediluvian. It's what is this Soviet? No, there's no Soviet. It, anyway, so as I looked, I'm saying, what is this group? And I'm looking, and I really couldn't get. And they're talking about the usual thing. and say, oh, okay, okay, okay. Israel, Zionism, you know, that kind of thing. Apartheid. Okay, okay, okay. So it, it turns out it was a leftist group of folks, for lack of a better word. Bull Trader says, from our city of Big Shoulder, Chicago, USA, we love you, Lionel. Oh, God bless you. Bless you. Bless you, Bull. Um, I wonder how my friend in the symphony is doing in Chicago. You got a toddle in town there. Chicago Chi-Town is a great, great place. Before they, dis- well, tried to destroy it. I hope it gets better. It's it's another, it's one of the, um, it's like one of the fingers of your hand. You know, it's just, anyway. New York, I think, is a thumb. No, it's a middle finger, I think. Anyway, thank you, Bull. So as I'm looking at this stuff, and as I see what's going on, I'm looking at this, okay. And they there's an organization called Socialist. I don't know what they were, but they look like prototypical hippies. And they were very calm. And they were expressing their opinion. And, and I thought to myself, okay. I thought, this is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I said, I like this. Very, very good. Very interesting. Very fascinating. And then as I'm looking and I'm seeing what's going on, I realized, oh, this woman came up. She said, would you like, and she had, you know, they, they have signs now with like a, like a, a, like a tube that you would wrap, um, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, wrapping paper, like, like a, like a tube, very light. I said, no, 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 thanks. I'm not going to get, you're not going to see me holding a sign. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what they're about. No way. I ain't going to hold no sign. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if they're plants, federal agents, as you would might think. No way. But I, but I, I, I did what they're saying. So anyway, I agreed with them about the, I agreed with them about the NATO thing. I think there was something else that we're talking about. I thought, I agree with that. They agree with that. Disagree with that. Don't have an opinion on that. But I'm thinking, can you give me a half a sign? Can you give me a quarter of a sign? No, no such thing as that. And I thought, isn't it funny that I represent, this is this is kind of the lefty that I remember. Anti-war, anti-imperialism. We are imperialists. I went through this whole thing today about what America I don't know how many, 700 bases or all that. Anyway, I realized this is good. This is, this is, this is good. This is their opinion. They're able to say whatever they want. It's peaceful. This reminds me of the old days. They look like old hippies. They look like uh, they were just uh, regular folks. You know, they had the tie-dye. There's a New York look. And it's normally somebody like in their seventies, uh, which is close to mine. And you know they have that little bun, little man with the chignon, you know, with the little bun. He's bald. He's got maybe, maybe a ponytail. Big buttons. They love buttons, and they look like, you know, like radicals of the sixties. They're 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 too young for that. But in any event, because they're closer to my age, 
But the point is, it was great. And I agreed with them. And if I told them, I'm saying, by the way, I agree with you about NATO. And I think Trump should be president. They would probably say, what are you talking about? And I would love to rap with them. Remember rap sessions? I'd love to rap with them and tell them, no, you don't understand. What I'm suggesting is what you're suggesting. This is the thing here. Oh, this is, this is, this is so interesting. Do you understand what's what's happening? Do you see this? Do you? F- I look at this and go, ah, it's interesting. Ah, ah, ah. Bowman, funny. It's funny. People love it. They love the story. They love it. But it's not an underpart because something's going to happen. Bobby Kennedy. Donald Trump. So anyway, good news is that I was saying. Now I remember. Good news. I heard from a friend of mine, very well connected. I'm not going to mention his name. That Rudy Giuliani is doing very, very, very much better, very well. He's uh, his health is good. He's kind of taking control of his. I don't want to say his life, but he was. He looked like he was maybe hitting the hitting the hooch a little too hard. And anyway, he's doing great. He's which is wonderful. He's excited about that. The word I have it is that Trump is absolutely. Not only not 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 excited, and I want to explain this to you. And this is what I want you to to explain to somebody else. When you are a a billionaire, Elon Musk. There's a lot of billionaires. There are more billionaires here than you can imagine. More than you you can imagine. A lot of billionaires. And they're different people. Their problems are bigger. The way they handle things are better. Their, 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 their sense of, of, of reaction. And Trump and other people like this, as it was explained to me, and it kind of makes sense, live in chaos. Everything is chaos. Chaos. Screaming chaos. Wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. Just a second. Dear Lionel Nation and Lynn's Warriors family members, I lost hope in 2020. Last chance, which is real, depends on USA voters in 2024. 80% of the world, which is not the collective West, watches, hopes, prays, and demands that you awake and engage. You know, it's funny you say that, uh, Eric. And by the way, thank you for your for your courtesy and kindness. I, I let, let me say this qualifiedly, okay? This is something, there is a feeling that I have not felt since, well, 20 is a, 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 is a different story. My friend, again, Grazie Mille. Grazie Mille. Do you remember, Eric, 2020, right around that COVID, lost, lost direction, lost hope, lost spunk, fear, uh, political motivation, political, the, 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 uh, the trajectory the momentum was replaced by fear, a torpor, uh, seclusion. Um, you know, seven o'clock, ringing the bells, um, masks. You know, getting the getting the which getting which you know vaccine or or worried and pe- getting scared and what are we doing next and then PPP and. What about this? And then jobs haven't worked and 
we can't go into the building and what do we do? And, and, and so politics took a completely different thing. And by the way, Eric, as you know, this from a behavioral point of view, from, from a behavioral point of view, if you're a behaviorist, as I think we all are, you look at this and you recognize the fact that we have learned so much about this. We have learned about this. We have learned how to act. See, this is one of the things I talked to you about this wonderful, the idea of, of, of uh, crowd theory and how people work. People were writing this and noting, do Americans get panicked? Do they march? Do they go outside? What do they do? How do they react? How does a crime work? How does it not work? How does it? We learned a lot. America's different today. America's, America is different. I want to find this one. I, I don't want to keep quoting from this, but, but Kimball was so good. I want to, I want to read this to you. Um, hang on. Uh, why are the... Uh, um, here we go. Why are the Dems, again, this is Mike Kimball, it's from that site. Why are the Dems, he writes, going hell for leather after Trump, saddling him with four preposterous sets of indictments in different locales? The Dems are Machiavellian geniuses. The Dems are Machiavellian geniuses faction says that it is because they know that each indictment strengthens the resolve of the Trump base, thus increasing the likelihood of his nomination, after which they will come down on him like a ton of bricks. But I think that the ton of bricks has already been offloaded. Eric, this is you. Listen to this. But I think that the ton of bricks has already been offloaded. No, grab them by the Kuswa video clip, Russian collusion hoax, or conversation with Ukrainian politicians is going to shock the voting public. Trump's millions of voters already know the worst. The Dems have been hammering him for some six years now, but to no avail. So go back to your original thesis, your question, your query. Will something, will, will things be corrected in 2024? And the, or, yes. And the answer is, I believe yes, because we have seen it. You know, Eric and my dear friends, as you know this, when people in war, People in um, battle, at the height of when you're running and the, and, the, and the fear and the adrenaline, there have been people who have lost a leg or an arm. Literally, there's one scene from Saving Private Ryan where he picks up his arm and because it's happened quickly. There's no registration yet of pain. Pain sensors aren't kicking in yet. It's beyond pain because you just basically, you know, when you take something out, there's nothing to feel pain anymore because this is phantom pain is a different story. Anyway, you take the, you're, you're, you're in shell shock. You're in shock. You don't know what's happening. Nothing. You, you're, the, it's, it's not resiliency. It's you don't feel it. That's what we are. We've been in battle. Eric, we've been in battle. We've been in battle the whole time now. We've been we've been in battle since 2015, since he announced. This is eight years going on, nine years of this. Think about it. We've been in battle the whole time. We've seen it all. We've been through it. And I promise you, nobody who was with Trump before has left him. 
Let me say that again. Nobody's left. We have more people on board. And by the way, I'm not saying this because I'm pro-Trump. I'm pro-chemotherapy to destroy this democratic cancer. Let me say this again to you. There are more people. There are more people on board right now. We are stronger than we were then. And oddly enough, and amazingly enough, that, that's why Jack Smith wants a gag order. They're doing everything. They're, they're throwing not only the kitchen sink, but they're throwing the, uh, the sofa. There is no, this has no comparison. This has no comparison in the real world. Nothing. It has no comparison in the real world. Do you recognize that fact? Do you understand that fact? This is the biggest thing ever. What did the Democrats do? What are they doing? They have no idea. They're trying to say, does he walk down the short, the baby steps? Does he wear his rubber shoes? Does he wear his athletic shoes? Should he be? Un- because remember, like I told you before, from an insider who told me the biggest fear of the, of the, of the Biden administration is that he needs a walker. Everybody else has said he needs a walker. For his own, and we're not talking Johnny Walker, we're talking, we're, you know, a walker. And they said, we cannot have our candidate use a walker, but that's what he needs. That's why they're so afraid. They're petrified of this. It's done. He's finished. And I told you about Gavin Newsom. When did I tell you about Gavin Newsom? Forever. And don't rule out Gretchen Whitmer. And it's not going to be Michelle Obama. It's not going to be Michelle Obama. Stop it. It's not going to be Michelle Obama. She's enjoying her time. She's out on her boat. She's out on her boat, walking around with Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Now, you know that they arranged for those pictures. Why they did this, I have no idea. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know why they do this. I don't know what the purpose Remember that? Remember that scene where Hillary was, they were hugging Bill when Bill and Hillary, it was like a waterfall or something, and they had her bathing suits. Why do they do You'll never see Trump like that. Never. Never. Remember Nixon on Keep This Game? He walks around with his suit. He's got wingtips on the beach. This guy was the best. He nothing. Jimmy Carter did his whole thing. You know, we, you know Reagan did it, you know, with the, uh, I'm a horseman and all that kind of jazz. But anyway, this is an, this is an incredible time right now. They, they, they don't know. They're, they're, as, they're, they're seriously, they're saying, what do we do? Now, here's another thing. There was another. There was another uh, article about more um, retail theft, more mass. By the way, Eric, I don't know if they have that in. I don't think they have. Maybe they do in uh, Italy. Italy. I don't think they have people coming in and stealing. <laughs> That'd be the last place I want to do. Walk in and start taking stuff out of stores from a bunch of Italians. You know what I mean? I don't think they'd cotton to that too well, but. There was, I was listening to an article or somebody discussed, they said, you know why Costco doesn't have problems like this? Costco doesn't have any, um, any problems. You know why? Costco doesn't have any. You know why? Why? It's very, it's, it's really interesting. Um, there's one, one way to go in and one way to go out. And you can't get out unless you have a receipt and there are people standing there and they will not let you out. If you try to run out, if you try to grab a bunch of stuff at Costco and run out, they close the door, they lock the door, they got one door and that's it. And you can't get out. Is that it? Is that simple? 
And it, it, it's not necessarily because of their political ideology. It's just the, the system is like you can't, you can't, you can't get out. So grab all the stuff. The door's closed. Go, Where are you going? Open the door. No. Yes. No. <laughs> and by the way, under the statutes, that's theft. You don't have to necessarily walk out, but there's certainly you have evinced uh, the requisite intent for manucaption asportation. That is larceny. Retail or otherwise, but still, it's simple. Now, you know what I'm thinking? Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know me, Mr. Tinfoil. I'm thinking, how much are they making with their, uh, how much are they making with their, uh, their insurance? Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, hold it. The Brad, I was thinking about you. The Brad says, wanted to ask you how did President Cleveland win two different times why did he lose to President Harrison and then decide to want to come back and win over President Harrison? And what was involved in making that support stay strong? Well, first of all, Brad, the Brad, thank you. I hope things are doing well where you are. Why would somebody want to do this? I want you, Brad, to go back and listen. By the way, all the information is there. He was one of three presidents. No. He's, he's the fourth president. I believe it was it was uh, Martin Van Buren, uh, Martin Van Buren, Millard Fillmore, and Teddy Roosevelt, who tried after they were president to come back, and they just failed. And 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 um, Grover Cleveland won. Why did he want to come back? Probably because he kind of he kind of liked being a president, I would imagine. But what's interesting about this is that. For some reason or another, and this is the, this is this is this is the strangest thing. I think the best question that you ask is why hasn't there been why when people leave, especially when they've only left after one term, why don't people want to come back for unfinished business? Why? Why don't they want to come back for unfinished business? Why aren't they doing that? Why? Why don't they feel like I have to I, I have to do something? Teddy Roosevelt, don't forget, like an idiot, like a jidrul, like a jidrul, he decided he was going to, after, he was going to say, I'm not going to run again. I'm going to run one term. Well, he just declared himself a, a lame duck, and it was it was the dumbest thing anybody's ever done. And his and his cousin, Franklin, was considered, ah, you don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. TR, that's the guy. Well, TR was a failure. He did a one time. He was nothing. FDR was, there's nothing like that before. And understand something about a lot of stuff which you've heard about FDR is true. As, as, as there was, and listen to me very carefully, and this is why today I was listening very, I'm listening and I'm listening to a lot of intellectuals and people who were, who were a part of the actual communism and Marxism during the Soviet Union days when it was really active. There was a time the zeitgeist, Brad, the zeitgeist where socialism and and uber uber uh, leftist and the like and Eleanor Roosevelt, wow! Remember, she had her girlfriend. Uh, uh, FDR had his uh, his um, who was it? Mercer, his girlfriend. There was also the story where it was believed that Eleanor may have had, Eleanor, by the way, this is 
Franklin's cousin or Kiara's cousin or something. They mocked her. She always felt ugly. She was just scarred. After after the mercy thing, or she never, there was never any love or whatever. She basically was in love with a woman. She was, it's a tragic story. But they were as, as you would say, as left as you could possibly be during the time. What do you think the whole the whole New Deal was? Now, granted, some people say that got us out of the Depression, but that was classic. If that isn't socialism in a benevolent way, I don't know what is. By the way, did you ever hear the story about how many people believe or believe that FDR was poisoned? Did you ever hear that? And I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The biggest, the biggest, what am I, let me see if I can rephrase this. The most whitewashed individual in American history, well, in tangential history, is Winston Churchill. If you think those people were our friends from Eddie Seventh, I believe, Vicky's uh, son, who basically got us into World War I, do you know what perfide Albion means? The, perf- the perfidious Albion, the perfidy of the Albion, the, the, the treachery of the, of, the, of, of the Brits? La perfide Albion. This is, oh. how about Tertius Gaudens? This, this wonderful game theory where you, you can hear the desperation, the desperation to get FDR into World War II. You gotta help us. You've gotta help us. What are you gonna do? Help us. FDR says, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. What do you we just had the war to end all wars? I told them we were we were uh isolationists. They don't want to have anything to do with it. You you've got Great Britain, France, Russia. We don't need it. Plus, he says, I don't want to be hanging around with these commies. No way. And and at the time, I don't want to say use the term anti-Semitic, but a lot of people did not, they did not, could not, nor would they be a part of going to war because of mistreatment of Jews, gypsies, homosexuals, whatever, by any, by whoever it was. Look at the St. Louis. Remember that tragedy. And what was it? What was it that got us into World War II? What was it? Winston's begging and the Lend-Lease? No, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. That was it. Tripartite agreement, we're in. Now, let me talk to you about this. Anybody over here about a uh, story about, they say, they say, uh, and I'm giving you a very, very, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing, what I've heard throughout the years, that the story is, is that, uh, remember how bad now, of course, uh, FDR had terrible health. FDR, age of death, was he was like 60, 63 years old. 63. I got three years on FDR. Six, oh, no, two years. 63. When he was at the end, 63. So when he was at Warm Springs in Georgia, kind of calming down, apparently there was somebody there who was doing a portrait of him. Somebody there, the story was a painter. And as you know, painters have paint boxes. And what were paints made up of then? 
lead, cyanide, very toxic stuff. So she's got her thing and she's got the water for the pain. And maybe there's some tea or who knows, but you know, we're doing a little bit here. At the time this happened, the story goes, forgive me, I'm going to do some double checking. At the time I heard, I, I heard this. Stalin, when he said, wait a minute, he did what? And Stalin heard, tell me that Stalin either asked or was told the circumstances around the death. But he said, I'm going to send, I think it was Gromyko. He's my expert on poisons. I'm going to go look at the body. We're leaving right now. And and uh, Eleanor says, you're not coming anywhere near this. I hate you or whatever it was because he was a, you would think one commie do another, but he was, you know, anyway. That's the story. Years later, years later, it was Elliot, I think, was doing, Elliot, his son was doing an article, and he, I think he met with, with uh, Stalin, and he said, you know, I told, I, I was going to bring Gromyko, and told Elliot that story. That they whacked him. Now, first of all, do I love stories like that? I think they're interesting. Do I know them to be true? No. But remember what Marshall McLuhan said. Little lies are very hard to keep quiet. But big lies are easy because of the incredulity. Same thing with stories. The more unbelievable the story, the more incredible it is, the easier it is to keep quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend Will Pulitard said Alexander Hamilton maintained a relationship for years with fellow revolutionary John Lorenz to whom he wrote love letters. Washington encouraged Hamilton and Lorenz to share a bunk while at camp. That is fascinating. Well, I'm going to research that tonight. You do know also that uh, the story of Abraham Lincoln and his law partner. Uh, who was it? What was it um, Benjamin Harrison? Who was our first... Gay president. It was Benjamin Harrison, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm sorry, James Buchanan. James Buchanan, 15th president. Yep, he was. Remember, he they called him his, his uh he may have he may have actually betted his uh his uh vice president. Not that it matters. Uh go back and look at the story. Let let me explain something to you. Look at JFK's friend. Let me see, JFK. What was his name? His name was Lem Billings. Lem. They were roommates at Chute Prep. Uh, they were drawn together by a lust for life, a uh, penchant for practical jokes, and jealousy of their higher achieving older brothers. Lem. Lem. Look at this from Irish Central. Uh, there's pictures of. Uh, JFK and his friend, three decades long friendship with former schoolmate Lem Billings. Now, supposedly or supposedly, as people say, uh, our friend Joe Will, Joe um, Kennedy, the father, said, I don't care really what he does, so long as he doesn't get any woman pregnant or whatever, but doesn't matter to me. They were like a three-packard goat, as they say. They were they were satyrs. They were satyrs. These were rakes, roues. 
Sex Men Anytime, Anywhere. Jackie, name it. There is one book that I've got that is so, oh my God. Jackie and, and her father, Blackjack. Ooh, 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 because he liked Lee more. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to watch what I'm saying here. It's just, you have no earthly idea. The the higher the office, the higher the rank, the higher the family, the higher the sense of self self worth, the more people believe they can get away with anything, and the more they believe that uh, decorum and normalcy and rational thought are somehow not as critical. See what I'm saying? Because they figure we're better. Let me tell you something. Eyes wide shut. Uh, satanic sex clubs uh, in the old days. Rumors had it. Skull and bones in the old days. Not, or maybe some more radical versions of them. The the, uh, ceremonies involved uh, onanistic practices. And the idea was that you want to do something where I you I have to show not only my me being more vulnerable, but where you've got something on me and I've got something on you. Hey, this goes this goes back forever. They're, 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 from 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 rights and secret organizations and and the ultra Uber, or so they believe. The amount of of inbreeding and oh, it's just it's. Let me see if I can explain this to you. And our friend Eric will tell you with the, with the Medici's and and the days of um, going back to uh, these incredible uh, Venetian conspiracies. I mean, they they this they are they, they, there is no you know when you think about Italian, a lot of times we use the term as Italian here, and we think of uh, Uncle Joe. You know, Uncle Vinny here. No. When you have companies, there's a group of people. You have to have you have to have a family owned company that's at least two hundred years old. And I think in Italy there's more than like the Antonori family with their Chianti's or their wines, Beretta, the family, age, provenance. Uh, royalty, when royalty, look at the whole notion of the royal family, the Habsburg jaw, inbreeding, recessive genes, homozygotic inbred. I mean, this, this, wild. This is wild. Now, I love this stuff because what you hear in history and what you think about in history is not even close to what really is going on like the the truth what you hear what i hear what we're taught in school is what history wants us to believe what historians want us to believe it's great and one of the things which is so interesting about, believe it or not, Satanism is, a light, is also control. And people, humans, love 
mysticism, symbology. Eric will tell you, semiotics. Our good friend, our good friend, Mr. Mr. Brad, the Brad. Look, look at what ceremony does and look at the connection that people have to um. Oh my God, just just ceremonies and hand gestures and this and clapping and just and I loved of course I'm a retired Catholic, but the 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 I used to love the symbology, the bread, the wine, the consecration, the Eucharist, ablution, so to speak, the differences of the the, the story. How nobody really even the Bible itself, who Mary Magdalene was. And, and look at the notion about going back to Alexander Hamilton, as you brought up, uh, Brad. Alexander Hamilton had a slave. There was a uh, society uh, for uh, a, a manumission that he excluded himself from in terms of membership. Do you think that, do you think, do you really think that Abraham Lincoln had anything to do, any? abiding desire to end slavery. When you're brought up in this, when this is what you have seen, when, when, when you're brought up in, the, in a country that has capital punishment and hanging and prisons and this, you just say, well, that's, that's the way it is. One day when prisons or whatever are outlawed, they're going to say, you, you allowed that? Well, it's, it seems, it's, it, it seems it's, it, it's anathema to us, and for good reason. But do you think, how many times do I have to read that quote from Lincoln who says, I don't care if they get rid of the slaves, have the slaves, I got to save the union. That's what it's about. And all these people after the fact are saying that the Civil War was about slavery. Do you think any of those people, Pickett's Charge and this and that and, and Vicksburg and Antietam, do you think they, they were going to, come on for slavery, guys, come on. Are you kidding me? This is this. This doesn't demean it, but it's a balance. It's perspective. What does it really mean? I'm still trying to figure out the Vietnam War. I still don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Firefighters will say, "Do not run into that house. Why? You're going to die. Let it burn." But we're firemen. We're not going to survive. The house is being, it's gone. We can't save it. But we have the equipment. We can't save. Firemen know that. Firemen know, well, that's what war is. You can't go to this. This is a civil war. We're not going to be. But it's hubris. It's, it's Johnson. Do you know what was occurring? Anybody know what was occurring the day that Kennedy was killed? At that moment, do you know what was happening? At that moment, on that day, Life Magazine, I think, and others were swarming in. They were going to take Johnson down with the Billy Saul Estes and all his other stuff. They were, it was on that day. And they were going to basically put together like a Woodward and Bernstein before it happened. And they were ready to pounce on the day Kennedy was killed at that moment. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Coincidental, coinky dink. What do you think about that? 
Interesting, isn't it? Tell that to Bill O'Reilly. Isn't that something? Coincidence sometimes happens, rarely happens, but sometimes it does, but rarely. When something is, when the cause, you talk about a distraction, when all of a sudden the person, imagine, I think it was life, you're sitting around the table, you're assigning your ages, you've got this, you've got bank records, you've got all these people, and you're going to make, you're going to blow this thing up. Johnson is going to be brought down, and lo and behold, guess what happens? Guess what happens? At the very, at the very, very, very moment, at the moment that you're about to, to lower the boom, the guy you're about to rag on is just now the president. Think about that. Sal Monella says, I love the direction you're going in, Lionel. Posterity will judge the youth today correct about one thing, the criminality of going to war. Unless your object is saving innocence from genocide. War is, by the way, Sal, thank you so much. Grazie mille. War is oftentimes necessary. There are some things that you have to do to stop war. I am telling you right now, Hitler was a bad dude. That had to be stopped. However, the story of it is not exactly the way. We came in at the last minute. And what nobody wants to understand, what nobody cares to understand, is that what Russia did, and by the way, you couldn't have had that without a despotic, crazed, lunatic like Stalin. Stalin didn't give a damn about anybody. Stalin just kept throwing people, I mean, just just sending them at, sending them directly I mean, they, they were coming after. It was the most amazing thing in the world. They were coming after. Um, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? What am I? What am I trying to say? Would somebody tell me what I'm trying to say? They were coming after uh, these folks. Let me see if I can rephrase this in English this time. <laughs> Stalin said, "Oh, Barbarossa, let's go! Come on, wave after wave." What was the story? Sal, maybe you know this. Maybe you know this, Brad. Maybe you know this, Eric. Maybe you know this. What was the story that said? That in nine is it nineteen twenty-one? No, is it Let me read this to you. I don't want to get see you see what I'm doing now? This is called research. Soviet men killed. I think it was nineteen twenty-one. This this blows my uh, hang on. Give me a second. Because sometimes these numbers... Ah, ah, ah. This is the story. 80% of Soviet men born in 1923, and they refute this back and forth. There's Reddit columns on this. But 80% of males born in 1923 were killed in World War II. Now you can argue, well, maybe it was because of famine, maybe because of this. But 80% of men born in 1923? There, the Soviet general, the Soviet general who, who won the war, his name was Aya Zhukov. Georgi, Georgi Zhukov. He was great. The most important military commander during World War II. He got it. 
And you know who my favorite one is? And you're not, you're not going to like this, but I tell you this. Vo Wen Jap. He lived to be a hundred and how old was he when he died? I think he was a hundred and how old was this feller? Hang on a minute. Oh, he was he was unbelievable. What is it? Come on. Nope. Come on. 102. I'm sorry. I've got to I've got to be precise. I gotta get that there. Let me tell you about this. In my prior life, I love war. Now let me explain this to you. I don't love or I hate war. But what you gotta do is you gotta say, okay, now we gotta get a general. General knows the terrain. Matthew Ridgeway saved Americans. O.P. Smith. Marine. Logistical genius. Um, General Jap. He had an expression of Vietnam. Vietnam. He said, grab him by the, by the buckle. By the belt. Pull him close. If I pull you close, you can't send in fire. But you, you can't sing in artillery. You can't. You got, you're, like, and then, gone. There were people who said... I never, they were there a year, but they, they, they never saw the enemy. Who is the enemy? I mean, it was just, they, they rewrote warfare. Patton. Patton, who was, he was an F up. I think you know what I'm talking about. Who during World War II said, I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going after you. He took the third army and they went after people. Said, this guy is coming after us. Curtis LeMay. Use planes as firebombing. I mean, he it, it just. That's why Trump does these things. He does things differently. Let me tell you something. I, no matter what you do, and I know we're on the subject of war, but it's kind of interesting. The first thing is we're going to ask is, okay, who's the enemy? What kind of war is it? What's it like? What's the weather like? Remember during the first part of the Ukrainian war, they were talking about the fact that there was going to be mud and it was going to rain or it was cold or that. That's critical. Where are they? They're there. Okay. They're there. We don't have to transfer anybody. It's on the border. It's right there. That that cuts everything down. Sal Manila writes, uh, there was a Soviet general on whom the SS thugs Mauthausen performed a craniotomy without anesthesia, and people still doubt the existence of Satan. The world can be so dark and evil. Sal, I thank you. You do not need Satan to have people who show in the events a depravity. Albert Fish, the werewolf of Wisteria, just one. There are others as well. You don't need the, you don't need Satan for this. You don't. I and I and I thank you by the way. Oh, I should thank you for everybody. Um, I don't want to in any way uh, uh, debate you on this one. But do not do not take. Do not think that man is not able to evince this type of horror. 
And don't think that you have to bring in Satan. We do this on our own. Oh, no, 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 no. We do this on our own. I'm changing the subject again, but it's one of my favorite subjects. I want to know what evil looks like. If I sat down with you and I said, and you said, let's say we're throwing a few back. You're, 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 getting, you're, getting, you're getting lit, getting waxed, getting gooned, okay? Or as we say in West Tampa, you were arrebatado. And you uh, are talking and you're you're lubricated and you become lubricious and concupiscent and you're speaking. And I'm saying, what really turns you on? You might talk about a variety of things that you may not have talked about. You might talk about whips and chains and Great Danes, Hospital for Life. Remember that great song, the humming song, Martin Mull? You might chandeliers. But if I told you, what about terror? You say, what? What about seeing the look of terror? And then you would say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, stop. Do you know how many people would say, yeah. You know, you know how many people there are right now? And they've never done it. A lot of them are just chicken. Do you know how many sadists we have in the world right now? Take a guess. I don't have the exact number. Do you know people who, if allowed, who who are beyond, beyond horrible? Do you have any clue? Anything? Have you ever kind of been around these people before? You wouldn't believe what is happening. And you wouldn't believe the amount of, uh, well, the amount of terrible stuff that we see on a regular basis. And it wouldn't be, with all due respect, my dear, 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 dear friend, it's we don't need the devil for that. We don't need Satan. What's even scarier is how many people there are like that. And with children, imagine that. You... Not only do you, sometimes people can look the other way and they say, you know, I, I don't like doing this, but I'll do it. Okay, fine. There are executioners and people in war and all that. But what if you liked it? There are more people like that than you could ever imagine. And you know what? They've always been like that. Because man is evil. Man is evil. I don't want to break it to you. Evil. And if ever you said, okay, guess what? There's no more law. What? I promise you, you wonderful people watching right now, you if I said to you, guess what, for the next, I don't know, 48 hours, anything you do, whatever the period, a week, 48 hours, anything you do, you will not be charged with it. You might steal some stuff. You might speed. You might, I don't know. You might do some, some might do, you know what I mean, <laughs> buy some dope. Or, but I promise you, I promise you, the majority of people listening right now, there might be a few, but majority of people would not say, let's go, let's go on a rampage. Come on, let's go. From the days of Charlie Starkweather all the way back, just go back. You don't need Satan for that. Let me ask you something. You're not gonna you're not gonna like this. And don't say the word. Don't say the word. Wait a minute, hold it. 
Eric Thaddeus Walter says, paraphrasing Val Kilmer's cameo in a True Romance. Always loved you, Lionel. Always have. Always will. A presto. <laughs> a presto, Eric. Thank you. There's, um, remember the one, was it a true, oh, true romance? Was true, was that, was that the great, was that, was that with Christopher Walken? Was that the great scene with Christopher Walken? And Dennis Hopper, we goes, you're Sicilian. Remember that scene? Wonderful. One of the great, great, great moments of cinematic history. Um, and by the way, thank you. Your, your kindness tonight. I can't believe I didn't rob a bank during COVID. Do you know how many, you know, you know, during 9-11, you know, the stuff that was supposedly looted world trade center, all the stuff, gold and jewelry stores. I don't want to say this, but fires, firemen, not all, not all dead people, dead people. You go into a, go into a house. Nobody there. Who's looking? You got a lot of people walking around. You, you, you know, again, this goes back also to the crowd thing. This is why Gustav LeBron, this is why uh, LeBron, uh, Le, Le Bon, this is why uh, 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 occlocracies are so important because when you're in groups of people and there's no sense of order, you do things that the that the group does. You lose yourself individually and you become part of this thing. It's like, it's not, it's not my morality. They're doing it. It's war. That's what we do. What GIs did in Vietnam and other wars and and Vietnam atrocities to girls, people, the dehumanization of the enemy. When you're telling them, telling them they're dirt, they're nothing, they're nothing, they're nothing, they're nothing, they're nothing, giving them names, and you refer to them as all kinds of stuff, and you get, and then not only that, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you have not seen one. I'll never forget this one. So have you read Dispatches by Michael Herr? Oh, 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 man. I think, I think Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse Now was basically, that's, that is, they say, one of the best ones ever. It's, it's great. When people have had, they, they peel, this one guy, I'll never forget this he came in. He had been in a in the jungle or whatever it is. He had to cut, cut, like with with almost like with shears, cut the clothes off because it had just adhered. Buttons froze, melded, just melted and melded into this thing. He said he. Bathed at later on, use an entire bar of soap. You ever do that? A bar of soap? He did. But when he went to eat, he walked in, he sat down, he got one of everything, every drink, every, and he sat by himself and he had his rifle next to him. Now he's in the mess hall. Everybody else is clean or whatever. Here's this guy who's been out there and he had his rifle next to him. And they, and, and they kind of said, we, we don't, we're not, I forget, at arms or whatever the particular phrase is. And he said, let him go. And he was just scooping everything in because he didn't know how long they didn't have time to eat. Any moment they could, you know, have a firefight or whatever it was. And he looked up and he saw their look of him and he lost. And he says, I'm an animal. There was a mother one time 
who went to a general or some officer and said, I gave you my son. I don't know who this is. You brought this. He's a monster. I don't know who he is. It's, it's, when you talk about war, see, I'm against this whole thing. It's got to be done sometimes. But what it does, and somebody explained to me one time, PTSD, the hardest, the hardest thing is 10, they, they had the highest rates of PTSD in the Iraq war and they never even saw combat. You don't necessarily have to see combat. But somebody said one time, imagine you're in the field, imagine you are part of this life and death and you are with a group of men you love them. It's not homoerotic, but you love. You sleep together, and sometimes at night they hold each other. Just for, say three dog night, you know, for body warmth. It's cold, and you are you need each other. You've never needed anybody more than your life. You are you are melded again. That word. You are you are a unit. You are one person, and you leave that, and you come back, and then you're sitting in a chaise long and want to go to Walmart. Want to go to Walmart. Come on, it's over. And you're saying, how do I go from this these heights of, of of adrenaline and importance and life and death and criticality and and focus? And then I'm here I am with guy this one guy lost it. He had a list. His wife gave him a list. He had to go to like the store and he said, I can't do this. That took him out. I understand it completely. I, I oh the So I don't, um, how do I say this? I don't glamorize it. I don't glorify it. There's a lot of folks, I think, sometimes on these YouTube uh, war shows that I guess it's important what they do, but I think they, I think they, uh, I think they, they hurt the cause. In any event, I've, I've spoken too long. I've spoken far too long. Uh, Eric Thaddeus Walters, dear friend, dear friend, let us, uh, Reconnect uh, or reconvene. You are you are part of this part of our uh, connection. I hope. Tell me. I'll learn about this. I hope that your your uh, travel and your your tours are going splendidly. Uh, Will uh, Pulitard, thank you. Sal Manella, thank you. The Brad, eleven eighty seven, thank you, dear friend. Uh, Bull Trader, I said, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you immensely, immensely immensely. I heard the other day I was watching, um, I think somebody sent me this. It was AJ, Mr. Jones. He does that show. And he had on uh, Mike Lindell of all people. And it was so sad to hear somebody talk about this. This infuriates me more than you can imagine. When I hear people say that they can't say something and that they are going through this hell because he dared. The only reason is because he uh, liked Trump. Now, whatever his lawsuits are with other people, I can't control that. I I don't. I'm not familiar with it. But I do know that this started specifically because he dared. He thought he thought he lived in a free country. So that's why we do this for him, and he helps us as well. MyPillow.com promo code Lionel. MyPillow.com promo code Lionel. Wonderful products. Great man, great stuff. Again, I think people should be able to say whatever they want and be free and unfettered from this abuse. That simple. All right, dear friends, this was a barn burner, an hour and 23 minutes. Do you know how lucky you are? An hour 
in 23 minutes. And I would rather be with you than the finest people in the world. And I mean that sincerely. And I think you know that. I think you know that comes from the heart. In any event, my friends, have a great and a glorious night. We will see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. sharp. I thank you. And until then, remember these words, this valedictory, this adios, this arrivalella. The monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue ya. Ta-ta. Let me try to hit the button this time.